Lead and empower her with Dr. Julie Ducharme, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Lead and empower her with Dr. Julie Ducharme is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Dr. Julie Ducharme. Hi, I'm Dr. Julie Ducharme, back for another episode with She CEO Talks. Really excited as I get to meet women around the world doing amazing things with their business and being CEOs as well. Today, we have with us Kellyanne Jenkins, and she began her professional career as an associate attorney working at a large firm. While she had some incredible mentors and learned a great deal in this role, she quickly learned that her time was not her own. So she took on a solo legal practice and over the course of five years, helped grow that firm to a statewide practice, increasing revenue by 2,400% and generating income over seven figures. Today, she now has her company Spire and she's focused on helping women reach the same level of success with her custom online business coaching that adds a level of movement. Kelly, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. See, we just have to say that right before all of this, we were trying to record and things were shutting down and all sorts of stuff. And we're just saying like, this is just life and we roll with it. And I can imagine that uh, you had some interesting things happening in the world of being a lawyer. And um, I I have a very dear friend who's a lawyer. So um, I'm not saying that I can understand the hours, but I've seen him work just relentless hours and miss family vacations and have to skip things for these cases. And so I'm just curious when you said, you know, in your bio that your time was not your own, what, what kind of moved you to going from being this, you know, very successful lawyer to now your business? For me, I really wanted that fast paced lifestyle. You see it on TV. It looked like a lot of fun. It looked exciting. And when I first started, I loved every minute of it. I love being in the courtroom. I really didn't even mind the long hours. What I started to learn about myself, though, was that I like to get things done on my own time. Yeah, I work really quickly. And I sometimes like to work really early in the morning because that's when I work the best. But I had I was working for a more senior attorney and he wanted me there from 8 a.m. until 630 p.m. and then half days on Saturdays. Again, those hours aren't terrible, but. I would rather be in there at 5 a.m. getting my work done, working, and then leaving a little earlier. That's just how my brain works. After about two in the afternoon, I was walking around the office, just, you know, social time, not really being productive. I was just there to be seen. And I realized that that just was not going to work for me. Yeah. I'm like, after two, I start to tank. Like, I have to get my kids at two. And it's like from two to four, I am like desperately trying to stay awake. So I get that. I I get my best time down the morning too. Like people be like, you get up at five. I'm like, it's just so much easier. Like I, I resonate with what you're saying. And even though I'm a team player like you, I like to get stuff done and yeah. I'm probably the worst person. To, I mean, cause I don't like to delegate. I'm like, I can do it the best. So I'll just do it. <laughs> so I hear what you're saying. And that does seem a bit frustrating, like just required hours. Like if you're done, you're done, right? Yeah, I was done. I was hitting my billable hour requirements. I was making a bonus. I was doing above and beyond, but just sitting there to sit there seemed really pointless. It seemed like it was a waste of my time and I don't like to feel like I'm trapped. That's something I've definitely learned about myself. Yeah, I I can relate. And before I went to become a full-time entrepreneur, 
I felt absolutely trapped in my job. Absolutely trapped. It was, it was a toxic environment. <clears throat> so I, I get that. So how long did you work as a lawyer before you kind of were like, like, listen, I'm done with this. Like, I want to be my own boss. So it was, I was five years at my first firm and I knew at that point I hated it. I was like, I need to get out. I love the attorneys I was working with. I learned so much, but I just didn't like what my life was looking like. Mm -hmm. And I also saw a lot of the attorneys there. They seemed miserable. They didn't seem happy in what they were doing. It was, there was a lot of, a lot of work hard, play hard, party hard. And I'm really big into my like health, physical, mental. And I recognize in that moment, this is not where I want to be. So I was five years there. I spent two years at another firm trying again, thinking maybe it was just the firm. And so it was about seven total years and I just decided I was done. Yeah. Now, was that when you switched on over to running your own law firm after that? It is. Yeah. Um, My husband at the time had started his own practice and he was working as a solo practitioner, basically um, Lincoln lawyer style. And <laughs> I watched that whole series. I get that. <laughs> yeah. Which, which was great. Um, he loved that, but I thought, well, why don't we turn this into a bigger business and we can be more efficient and we can grow a team. And there's something for me. I love growing a team. I love putting the right people on the team. I love everyone working together. And maybe it's because I was really involved in sports growing up. So it's just part of what I've always done, but I love working alone, but I love putting together the team. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, no. So you're good at delegating where I'm the opposite, Yeah. Um, but I relate. I played sports as well. And so if I've got to be on a team, I'm like, I'm all about the team, you know, like I, I'm willing to jump on that. And, and it sounds like you're a natural leader. I naturally step up to lead in those situations, but see, I could learn something from you because I, I am a good team player and I'm a good leader, but I will just want to do all the work myself and get it done instead of be patient and give it to the team members who should do it. But I did do that the other day. I'm very proud of myself. I finally was like to this one person, I was like, I think I have a list for you today. And they were like, what? And I was like, I'm giving it over to you. Um, so I, I love, I love and that just, for you. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I mean, I'm just being totally transparent in that I get nervous. I have trust issues about leaving it completely to someone else. Because when I have, sometimes those things haven't turned out well. And I really want quality and I really want to do a good job. I'm a total overachiever. And so it's definitely a struggle for me, but the other day I was drowning in work and I was like, I can't get to this. And I have a person who works for me that is literally twiddling their thumbs. It's, it's a project we're waiting on pieces to come in. That's, that's why it's not, she's intentionally twiddling her thumbs. Um, and I was like, you know what, would you be willing to do this? (laughs) And she was like, I will. And I'm like, just giving it all to you. And I'm not just come back to me when it's done. So I feel that because I don't know if other women like us are, but I mean, I feel like I've taken on, like I do, I do a lot of stuff and I take on a lot of burdens intentionally, right? As a woman, I feel like I need to take those on. And as many of my, my female counterparts, we talk about the thought of like giving that up kind of makes us look weak. Like we can't handle it. So 
so I think this is a good transition to transition into what you're doing now because you you've done all that and now you've transitioned into this company Spire and you're helping women which I love because I'm all about women empowerment and so now you're you're reaching out and helping women and so I want to talk about you know how you made this shift and obviously you came up with a process that works and you talk about your health too I admire you you're a runner I'm allergic to running so <laughs> so I'm going to be cheering you on <laughs> While I drink my coffee. So I, I, I hear that at least that. once a day. <laughs> Someone's allergic to running. But uh, I, you I know, I played oh sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I mean, I played basketball. So I did a lot of running um and volleyball, but now that I've had like two two knee surgeries and a back surgery and I'm 46, I'm like, I'm just gonna enjoy everyone else. I'll I'll get on the elliptical <laughs> and do that. But I love what you're doing because your your group spire, it, it's not just about like coaching, you have a whole physical health aspect that I want to talk about. So I want to let you take it away on that and fill us in on that. Yeah. I mean, so really one of the things that women come to me with the most is the issue of delegation and they're, they're saying Mm. their time isn't their own, but they're not willing to give up Mm. certain things. So that's something I'm your worst one. (laughs) Yeah. It's relatable. I, and I think you're right about it when you say that you know, as women, we don't want to feel weak, but I also think we're conditioned to do everything for everyone. We're expected to do everything for everyone. Even if you have a career, you have kids, you're taking care of the household as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that as women is really difficult for us to give up pieces of that. So uh, one of the things that I like to do is help women kind of sit down, look at exactly where their time's being used and figure out what they are willing to give up. You know, is this moving me towards my goals or is it keeping me from them? And then, or is it something that I really enjoy or is it something that drains me? And and we kind of figure that out. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's really for me, like I saw myself in the same position and I wanted to get out of it and I, I wanted to be better, but um, talking, going back to the physical aspect of my programming, yes, it's coaching, But I think that it's so important that both were healthy, physically, Mm. mentally, spiritually, really whatever that means for you. So when I'm working with my clients, one of the things I ask them to commit to early on is just 10 minutes a day of some type of movement. Mm. If you're already working out, great. If you're not, you can go for a walk. You can do yoga. It can be something gentle. I'm not not asking you to go run a marathon. I just, just want you to get out and move. Because yeah. I think sometimes too, we get trapped behind our desk, sitting there all day and it's just deteriorating our physical health. And if our physical physical health deteriorates, then so does our productivity. So does our mental health. Mm-hmm. We start to feel burnout. We start to feel stuck. <clears throat> but along with the physical aspect, I also ask the women to try and do 10 minutes of mindfulness every day. And that can, that's different for every person as well. It could be journaling. It could be meditation. Maybe you're creative. You want to, you want to write, you want to create music. You want to draw, paint, whatever that looks like. Just take 10 minutes to be present and and see how it really starts to change your life and your perspective on life. Yeah. Well, I want to say I am doing good on that. So I normally make myself... Um, normally in the morning workout, cause I know I'm not going to do it in the afternoon once the day gets started. Um, and then I have at my desk, these like medicine balls and stuff. And so I'll like in between meetings be like, 
<laughs> lifting them like this or like twisting and doing things. And then I've made myself because, you know, I live at the beach. You live in Florida, right? So, I mean, we have this beautiful weather. Um, so I make myself go outside and eat lunch outside because I absolutely am guilty of being in front of my computer from six in the morning till eight o'clock at night. Like, absolutely. Um, in fact, just the other day, I had several clients who needed later times. And so, you know, I normally don't do stuff after like four o'clock, but it was one of those situations before, you know, it, it's eight o'clock and I'm finishing my meetings. And I think I started at seven and I was like, I need to not be doing that. <laughs> so, um, well, but, yeah. let me ask you though, when, when that happens and you start working late, do you, does that affect your sleep? Do you feel like it derails you the next day too? Oh, yeah. Or yeah. 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 Like I was totally derailed this morning because by the time I got done, it was eight o'clock at night. And then for me, I have to decompress. Like I can't just like go to sleep. Like I like to just turn on a show because I have business brain that's not turning off and just kind of like watch a show to get my brain to turn off. Cause if not, I'm laying in bed thinking about what I need to do for the next day. And, and so for me, it takes me a time to decompress. I know some people can just go to bed, but then same thing this morning when I woke up at my five o'clock time, it was like killer. Cause I was like just all day. And then I feel gross too. Like when I don't get outside or I don't get, I feel gross. I know that sounds like a weird word, but it just like, ugh, I feel icky. So for me, it's absolutely essential, like mental health. Cause, and, and I live in such a beautiful place. Like I have to, I mean, I live on the beach. So, I mean, that's huge for me. And the mind, mindfulness piece for me, that's huge. Cause I started doing that in the morning where for me, I was just reading my Bible, right? Reading my Bible or reading inspirational books. And it set my tone for the day. Right. So even if I was like grouchy or, you know, not a great day, like it kind of just recentered me. So then I focused on that because if not that, I don't know what I want to say, but that feeling of just like, oh, there's so much work and the grind and, you know, so anyways, for me, that's huge. And I, I started doing that maybe this last year, I hadn't really done it much before. Um, cause it was always like, Oh, I don't have time for that. And you're right. Like what's 10 minutes. I'm drinking my coffee, right? I'm going to sit there and drink coffee for 10 minutes. I'm going to drink coffee right now. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's interesting you say that because for me, it helps center me so much in 2017. I started meditating mostly to help with some of my anxiety. I had a lot of positive stress in my life, growing the businesses, traveling all the time. I, I operated a hundred miles an hour all the time. And I was trying to find, find a way to center myself really. And so I tried meditation. I didn't take it very seriously. I would do it here and there, but I liked how I felt afterwards, even if it was just five minutes, five minutes of me sitting in quiet. I liked that feeling. So when 2020 was approaching, I decided I wanted to really invest my time in being more mindful. And I'm one of those people like every year I have a word of the year, which is something I either want to work towards in my own life, something I want to see more of just, and it's always in the back of my mind. And I think it, it helps motivate me and kind of guides my decisions and my goals for the year. So going into 2020, my word of the year was mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Well, 2020 forced me to be mindful. I couldn't have anticipated COVID happening. I went from still, I I started meditating maybe five minutes a day. And then after everything shut down and I had nothing to do, I thought, well, I can either start drinking all day, every day, like, or I can do something more productive. (laughs) 
And so I decided, I was like, I'm going to work on my physical health, my mental health. And I started meditating longer and I did it consistently. I started, that's, that's really when I started my big run training as well. Um, but it was, once I started doing it every single day, I was forced to be present. I was forced to be mindful and it completely transformed my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's something, it gave me clarity on where I wanted to go. Um, and it's something that I think was so impactful. I want to see other women like experience that, you know, I want to help them experience that. Yeah. And it's relatable because, you know, I, my daughter just turned 15 and my son's 12, but in those first years between like, um, I want to say, you know, that one to five or six year old time frame, it just, it's so crazy busy. And you feel like, you know, there's just no time for that. And I think if women could somehow integrate that in, it, it is so powerful. And like I said, you know, me just taking time to center myself in the morning with just a little, you know, just something little. And, and we used to kind of practice what you were, what you're talking about when I played sports in college, our coach would have us sit there and he'd say, I want you to imagine hitting the ball. I want you to imagine winning the, you know, and I used to think it was silly. I'd be like, this is like stupid. Right. But then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to try, you know, this is me hitting the ball. Right. But it focused us in enough to stop thinking about all the chaos outside and just focus intently on that. And I noticed a difference, right. When I would imagine myself hitting the ball and then I would hit it like that in the game. And then the coach would be like, wow, you just seem like you're really on today. Right. Um, it was funny. So, you know, at a young age, I thought, oh, this is like so silly. Right. But then as I got more into sports, I realized how powerful it was. And if you listen to any professional sport person, they're going to tell you they do some type of meditation or focus or whatever. And I think that's powerful. And like you said, I mean, not, I love my male counterparts, but they just function different. Like my husband would never meditate. That's just not like, he would be like, I don't get it. Like it was just, but all my female counterparts were doing what you and I are doing, right? We're creating our own legacies. We're creating our own lives. We're giving ourselves the freedom, but culturally we have other things that attach onto us that bog us down, right? So I love being a mother, but I I read statistics and I agree with this as women, whether mothers or wives or whatever, take care of 90% of the household duties, right? Whether it's laundry, whether it's cleaning, whether there's a broken dishwasher, we take on that burden. And it was a really kind of powerful thing to me to realize that culturally, we're not like culturally, no one's telling us to meditate or take a moment or, you know, oh, how often has someone been like, you don't do that. I'm going to come on over and do your dishes for you. Like, right. Like it just, so it's impactful what you're saying, because I really think that you're helping break a cultural narrative that is just built into our society as women. So I know that you help women obviously mentally and physically. Um, and, and tell me again, I think it's inspire, perspire and what's yeah, it's, um Aspire, perspire, inspire. So, you know, what is it that you're aspiring to? Like, let's set those goals. Like, what do you want in life? Perspire, that's doing the work to get there, but also the physical component of it, like actually get out there and sweat a little bit. And then um, inspire is just, you. once you've gotten it, how do you inspire others to do the same? Yeah, I love that. So I'm sorry, I got it backwards. I have not 
coffee yet. <laughs> so it's a lot earlier where you are. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little. Um, but so the other thing I want to ask you, obviously, you've been building this out. Um, as we have other women listening to the show that are aspiring to do something like what you're doing, they want that freedom. Um, what are some tips you could give them, maybe? Um, because they or you may have we may have some women out there going, like, I'm kind of stuck. Like, what do I do? You know, I want my freedom, but I just don't know. So what would might be some tips? The most important thing is to take that first step, but to sit down, take the time, especially going into the new year, you want to hit the ground running, but this is the perfect time to sit and reflect. This is why I like the mindfulness so much because it forces you to sit still. And when you sit still, not only does that help you grow as a person, you start to understand your thoughts, your feelings, but take that time to reflect. What do you want? How do you want to feel in the future? Uh, that that's a big starting point to really getting unstuck. And if you know that you are stuck, you're already ahead of so many women who don't realize they're stuck. They just know something's wrong. Mm -hmm. They know something's wrong. They're about to head down the path of burnout. If, if you're feeling stuck already, you're, you're ahead of the game. And I would say, sit down, think about what you really want. And that's the first big step. So true. Gosh, that, you know, when you talk about that feeling something's wrong, I remember when I was working my corporate job and I would go to work and I would just be like, this just doesn't seem like I, it's not what I thought it was. It's not what I wanted. I kind of, it's kind of in my gut. Like I would just kind of go around the office and be like, why do I hate being here? <laughs> you know, as women, we have a really strong intuition and taking the time to sit still and be quiet will really help you tap into that. Yeah. And that's going to be so powerful moving forward. Yeah. I fully agree with that. Anytime I haven't followed my intuition, I've regretted it. And it, and it's funny that we do that, right? Like it's never failed me, but I'll still like kind of go against it. And then I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, why am I not like following it? But once again, I really think it's like cultural narratives that kind of drive me like, oh, I, sh I should do that. I should say yes to this. I, you know, I used to be a yes, yes person. And I would just almost kill myself off because I wanted to say yes to everyone. And I realized I had to say no. And that I was still a totally fine human being if I did say no. <laughs> well I mean, that's exactly how I ended up doing the coaching in the program I'm doing now, because I had so much success in the business and I realized one day something felt wrong. I just, I, I felt like something was missing. I didn't know what it was. And that was the reason I started really being more mindful. I was like, maybe if I sit and, and do some deep reflective work, I can figure out what is missing. And a part of it was that while the businesses were doing well, I didn't, I felt like I needed to have more of an impact. Mm -hmm. I, I really want, I was helping people, but it felt like I was, I was helping them monetarily in some way. I was, they had something wrong and I was making them whole. Um, but it was coming from a place of taking them from an injury to, okay, now we're like at a status quo. I feel this pull to really help women say, okay, I'm good or I'm okay, but how do we grow? How do we be the best version of ourselves? Like, how do we thrive? Yeah, no, I, I love that. And, and it's true. And I love that you say, how do we be the best versions of ourselves? Because I think sometimes we're satisfied just being average when we have so much more, but we don't allow ourselves to be more because we're our worst critics, right? Like, 
Like I meet women all the time who could just go to like this amazing status, but they don't believe that they can get there. Right. And it sounds like you are in a perfect position to help them understand how to get there, which is just makes my heart happy because, you know, I do women's empowerment and it's just, and that's, and that's, I think if we all had that goal that we wanted to make each other the best versions of ourselves, I just imagine how the divide between women would just disintegrate because it would be so powerful for that. And I, and I think what you're doing is powerful. I love it. Love it. Love it. Well, you, you touched on something there that is like kind of an underlying, I don't want to say an, an underlying issue, but definitely something that I dealt with and faced in my life. And I think a lot of other women do uh, one, the imposter syndrome is real. I, I think no matter how much success you have, no matter how much you learn. In fact, I think the more success you have, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. So the imposter syndrome only seems to get worse. But I know so many women who are absolutely brilliant, who are working in jobs, being paid a fraction of what they should be paid because they don't think they know enough. They don't think they're smart enough. They don't think they're good enough. And, and I really want to help change that narrative, but I, I think a lot of that comes down to some of the societal pressures that we have as women, some of the, some of the ways that we've conformed. So for me growing up, I always thought that I was lesser than like, as a little girl, I thought I was lesser than the boys. It was always, oh, you can't do that because you're a girl. Yeah. Even though my mom was incredible. My parents, my family were always encouraging me that you can do whatever you want but there were certain things uh, mm-hmm. I got in trouble for playing football with the boys when I was probably seven or eight years old because one of the boys moms complained after because I was my team was winning I, you know <laughs> and so I was told you know girls don't do that and and so I think it's something small like that that we don't even realize until we do the deep work because from that moment on I thought oh well I can do whatever I want but I always thought of myself as lesser than, and it was breaking through that, that really helped me um, to get on the path of, you know, where I'm going of helping other women and, and really lifting other women up because I think we do need to work together. Yeah. I love that. And it's true. It it really is true. Um, I've worked in a lot of male dominated industries and you know that there's definitely that and, and i think and a lot of times it's unintentional like like you said i grew up with great parents who were like go do anything you want but like god bless my mom she'd be like but you know being a stay-at-home mom is such a great job it was my dream and she would say that i'd be like i am not going to be a stay-at-home mom oh my gosh mom <laughs> you know and i mean it was it was like i you know i i had this competitive spirit and i just wanted to do stuff and i would ask questions like why what like why why can't i go do that right um, but you're right. Like I said, and, and, and my parents were super supportive in everything I did, but just out of the natural cultural behavior, right. You know, my mom was hoping crossing her fingers, I'd be a stay-at-home mom like her, you know, that wasn't my path. I am a mom and I love my kids and I, I have a career and I am a, a mom and you know, that in that time, she didn't think that that was possible. So I, I think you're right. And, and I, we need, you know, thousands of you right? Because there's so many women who need this. And like you said, I, I I meet these amazing, talented, gorgeous, brilliant women. And they're like, I need to go get one more master's. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you already have three masters. What you, I need to go get one more degree to be smart enough. And I'm like, you are, you were smart enough before all those degrees ever came. Uh, 
as someone who loves to learn, as someone who loves school, who thrived in school, school, have a professional degree, I almost went back to school to get another master's degree, to get another PhD, because I felt like that's what I needed. We don't need more of that. What we need more experience. We need to be lifting each other up. Um, in my businesses, I prefer to hire people who's maybe have a lesser education, but are willing to work and learn because sometimes someone will have an education. They think this is how it has to be done because this is how I was taught it's done. And I want to see some creativity. I believe that uh, there are plenty of ways to do the same thing. And, and someone might know better than I do or have a different experience that's going to give them a different perspective. And I want them to use that. I want them to be creative because that's how we all succeed. Yeah, fully agree. Well, we're coming to the end of the podcast. And as I told you um, off mic, I love to ask this question. If you could go back to your younger self and give your younger self advice, what would it be? This is such a great question. Uh, it's something that I think about quite a bit. But the big thing for me is I would tell my younger self to make decisions for myself and not because someone else told me it's supposed to be that way. Mm. Uh, I just I spent a lot of time people pleasing when I was younger because I wanted to be what society told me I was supposed to be. And that helped me in a lot of ways. It it did kind of protect me from certain harms. But at the end of the day, I found myself questioning like who am I and what am I doing and I think I needed to just make the decisions for myself to make to fail on my own and to learn those lessons and I think that'll actually help you grow faster so true so true I did that as well I did that I made a lot of decisions thinking what would they think would this make them happy will I disappoint them so Great advice. Great advice. Well, and before we go, I want to talk about the, you know, I know you're doing a race, you have a workbook out or a book out, um, all kinds of stuff. So let's talk about that best place for them too. So if they want to get involved in your coaching, where do they need to go to connect with you? Yeah. If they want to get involved with coaching, um, it can be done on my website, which is spirehighperformancecoaching.com. Um, or you can follow me on social media. I'm active on there. I always respond to my messages. So reach out, DM. I'm on mostly um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I'm trying to learn how to use. I feel like I'm a little bit behind, but I'm trying. Same. Um, Same. I, I'm not good at TikTok. <laughs> I, I am on LinkedIn too. I get a lot of messages on there though. So I it might be a little slower to respond. So but website, um, it's aspirehighperformancecoaching.com. Okay. And then you also have a book out that you were talking about would be perfect for coming into yes. the new year. So how did they get that? Yeah, I have a workbook. It's um, called Beyond Goal Setting because while it's great to have goals and we do some goal setting, the whole purpose of this is to understand what do you want and to create a plan to go after the things you want the most in life. Um, it's great heading into the new year because it's the prep work for you to start setting your goals and going after them so that you're already set up and hit the ground running. Uh, I, right now that's available on my, uh, Shopify store. I can provide the link to you. We'll drop those in. Yeah. 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 We'll drop those in for sure. Like all the links you're saying that for those of you guys who might be driving, which I know some of you are listening. Cause I had someone one time send me a message that they were listening and they were crying in the meat section of the store and on someone's story. And I was like, Oh my God. And, and I got a message saying like, well, there'll be links. So yeah, we'll totally drop all those links in. Um, and then I believe you're doing a run right out in Arizona. Yeah, I am. I'm um, training right now for a 50 mile run in Antelope Canyon. And I'm doing that to uh, raise money 
I'm doing it through the Wander Project. The Wander Project essentially gives back to the local community, but it also helps you fundraise for other charities. And so uh, I'm working right now to get it set up to raise money for my foundation, which is the foundation for when MS happens. Uh, my sister was diagnosed with MS in 2020, and I realized that there are some great organizations surrounding MS and you know research, but that a lot of these patients needed things every day. So the money from the organization goes directly to the patients and their families to help with excess medical bills, cleaning services, transportation services, things that they would need on a daily basis that they just don't have the funds for. Yeah. And we'll make sure we drop those links in as well. So we're going to go out there uh, and see you run and, and figure out how we get out there and, and get some cool pictures because we saw the pictures and it looks like an amazing spot in Arizona and, too. And I'll need all the support. So please come on out. 50 miles. I'm going to be drinking coffees for you. I'm just going to be like, I got to drink another coffee for her. She just ran another 10 miles. <laughs> I love it. Well, this has been awesome talking with you because um, one, what I love about you, Kellyanne, is like you're so easy to talk with. So, you know, seeing that you're coaching people and you're just so relatable and you have a passion for this, um, like I said, it just makes my heart happy because you know me, I'm all about women's empowerment. I shifted my view about 15 years ago of like, how can we bridge the divide? How can we keep bringing women up, taking them along us along with us and really making that change? Cause I think we are going to be a superpower when we join together, you know? And so, um, I'm inspired by your aspire company and what you're doing. So we'll have all those links for you guys. For those of you who are listening, driving, riding, exercising right now, I've gotten messages from all of you doing that, asking it. So we'll have those that you can go back and find those. Of course, you can always message me or even find Kelly Ann on uh, social media and message any of us, but there's lots of ways you guys can get a hold of us. So as I always say, live, love, laugh, and always be your authentic self. Thanks for listening to Lead and Empower Her with your host, Dr. Julie Ducharme. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.